and some camels, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we don't have top performing camels for all, you know, they run, but maybe be like, they're very intelligent too. If they know they won't win, they'll be like, you know, anymore. <laughs> yeah. So if the gap to the next camel is very big, it's they called get demotivated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they might break, you know, into a trot. And we're like, okay. So <laughs> they've no got their little like, oh, well, yes. yeah. yeah. Yalla, you go ahead. Yeah. I'm going to just wait here, yeah. catch my breath. This is the metal set. Hi, this is Dawn, an ultra cyclist and sports PR specialist. And I'm Afshan, an endurance athlete and journalist. And we're on a quest to bring you stories of tenacity, courage, and metal. From athletes in the Middle East and beyond. Camels are an integral part of the region's heritage and the embodiment of the Bedouin way of life. But seeing a woman ride, let alone race a camel, was unheard of until last year when we started seeing images of female jockey racing camels make it viral on social media. The woman behind that phenomenon is today's guest, Linda Krockenberger. She is the first licensed female jockey trainer in the UAE and the co-founder of the Arabian Desert Camel Riding Center in Dubai, which is the first licensed camel riding school in the region. Linda's story is interesting because she never considered herself athletic when she was growing up in Germany. And then when she moved to the UAE, she rode horses, did some running to find a social outlet outside of her work in hospitality. And then she found camels, or so she puts it, they found her. That's when life took a complete 180 for her. In 2019, she embarked on a 14-day trek from Liwa in the western region of Abu Dhabi to Dubai on a camel. This is when her bond with these gentle and friendly creatures began to blossom and she decided to set up a camel riding school with her partner, Obeid Al-Falasi, a journey that she fondly talks about on the show. Linda has been exploring the different avenues to involve more women into camel riding and racing with the school and worked to develop the first and only camel racing championship for female jockeys in the region last year. Season two is coming up and it begins on October 29th. Linda and her team have also been instrumental in helping shape the regulations around jockey safety, animal welfare and preservation of heritage in the sport. Join us as we get Linda to share memorable and pivotal moments in working to establish camel racing as a recognized sport for women and the upcoming camel racing season. Let's get started. Hi, Linda. Welcome to the show. Hello. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I remember when we got in touch with you first, I remember this conversation and you're like, oh, I listened to your podcast with Ivana and I don't think I'm an athlete. I don't know why you're getting me on the show. And what you've done with camel racing and camel riding in Dubai, I can speak for both Dawn and myself. This is quite an athletic feat, yes. right? Yes. So you're <laughs> definitely part of the sporting ecosystem. Yeah, it's it's just so unusual in a sense that, you know, we have to break stereotypes first and then sure. to, to consider it a sport with people involved. It's still young, so we'll try and to push that but thank you for hosting I no. think that really helps <laughs> with our mission no we're super excited to learn more about all about camel racing because I've been here 10 years and I can say I don't really know much about it you know mm -hmm. which is kind of 
a shame when you think about it. Like, yeah, ca- camel riding, yes, but racing, not too much. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. every morning I wake up, there's actually camels at my backyard. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's how far I live out. So we're going to be talking through the details about how you came to co-found the Arabian Desert Camel Riding Center, which is the first licensed camel riding center in the region. That's Correct. amazing. And the upcoming season of the C1 Championship, which is the camel racing series for women's jockeys. Correct. And the only one, right, in the UAE? Yes, it's it's the only series of races and the only one that's purely female riders. So we're going to go into some questions, but we were talking about it before, and I wanted to know first, does the camel choose you or do you choose the camel (laughs) that you're racing? Yeah. We have a, f- a few cameras uh, since we're riding school. They're not all race cameras because right. then it'll be very hard to teach new riders. But we do match cameras by character to the rider. We have certain team members who say, please give me only this camera because he's my favorite. Or, so there is a chemistry between the riders. Yeah. yeah, they do choose each other, just like with other pets. You know, they're very um, emotionally intelligent, not just from the racing series, also our regular riders. They'll only come to ride one certain camel and that's their weekly meet up with the camel because <laughs> so the like, oh, then there's a bond that you need to build especially for racers i yes, believe there yeah. needs to be a bond right it really helps yeah. yeah but let's take a step back i mean you grew up in germany right okay. i don't imagine you had many camels there or camels <laughs> at all or you were riding any camels no. there so tell us a little bit about your background yes. and you know sure. your sporting background or did you do anything of that sort Yes, indeed. So I am from Germany. I grew up there with no camels. I was into riding horses in the forest and very non-competitive at all, just at my leisure. Actually, everything that had to do with competition and sports was not my thing. I mean, my brothers would make fun of me because I was always the one who just gets the participation paper at the school competition and just literally no winning at all. And well, I mean, that's what my parents have already always told me, right? Like you have to participate because that's the first yes, step into yeah. anything. So but that's just an always, achievement in itself. Yeah. But very bad performance always. Like no, not, not fast. I couldn't throw. I couldn't jump far. Like not, none of the things. So also when we were going on bicycle trips as a family I was always the one falling behind you know it and it was so frustrating I really didn't enjoy and so asceticism yeah was never something I identify with and I feel like that's still sort of the case even today so when people tell me we're doing a sports podcast or you're an athlete for us I have to rewire somehow but yeah in Germany it wasn't about sports like I mentioned and even coming to the UAE it wasn't on a competitive level at all but sports did help me find community here So I started with running clubs. The Nike Run Club was fantastic or some other, you know, meetups. And and I loved how encouraging everyone was. And it didn't matter what level you were at. They would always help you grow a little. And then Mm -hmm. the easy access to a 10K race here and there. It was just always fun. It was always a good spirit around those events. And Animus was just a way for me to offset work stress so here there are horses you can ride around the desert yeah so that was the first thing to to be again with animals but i also felt like the horses are suffering due to the heat and and the environment and that's when i then sort of transitioned to the camel to be honest i mean right. there's one animal that can do all of this as well but doesn't get so impacted and yeah. you moved to the uae in 2015 so what brought you here yeah so i came here with the idea it'll be something temporary for my work. I just graduated from university. I did an internship in Qatar first, actually, and then 
sort of got stuck in the region and all the things that I thought I'll never be working with or at like huge 1000 bedroom hotels. I'm like that. I'm never going to do all mm -hmm. of this. I'm a very boutique person. And I yeah. want to have, you know, close connections to my guests because I'm my background's hospitality. And I did end up working for the biggest hotel in the city. Um, and then I just got sort of stuck, but I really started enjoying my life and all the opportunities that Dubai offers, not just from a career point of view, but also as a social life and community. So you haven't considered yourself athletic growing up, and I can relate to that. I mean, I was sporty, but I never really thought of myself yeah. as good at it, as anything. And you moved to Dubai, you have your career in hospitality, you're dabbling in running. Now you're a certified women's camel racing trainer. The only. The only, which is amazing. So it's a really unconventional leap yes. into camel yes. racing. How did you find the camels all of this was or obviously did they find not, you yeah. Yeah, probably a little <laughs> bit of both yes but none of this was on my five years plan post-graduation mm. or, or any such a thing you can't imagine sometimes what actually happened because you didn't know it existed and mm -hmm. all of these transitions uh, come from one leading to another so right. yeah when I realized the camel riding was really beautiful because you get to places in the desert that you couldn't go otherwise mm -hmm. and that you get there with at the camel speed is so much more immersive the environment of the desert is super magical mm -hmm. if you come there with a camel that doesn't make all the noise of an engine it's so much more powerful. Can you tell us the first time you actually rode a camel and what was the experience like and when was it? Yeah so that was 2017 yeah, I was just get on a camel and actually without a seat, without a saddle, because we were at the horse stable and there were camels. And they said, right. do you want to get on a camel? Like, yeah, why not? <laughs> so that time I just realized that they're so gentle and soft in their behavior. And even though you do something unusual, even for them, they wouldn't get freaked out. And they sort of radiate very positive energy. But that wasn't yet the point where I said, I'm going to do more of this. That just came later when I was training for a desert or a crossing through the Emirates from the empty quarter in Liwa back to Dubai Wow! in 2019. What made you sign up for that? Just needing a break, I think. It was sort Escapism. Of, yes. 14 days. <laughs> yes, so that was a two weeks trip. And it was just a taking a break, quite literally from work and from all of the decisions we have to take on a daily basis because mm -hmm. the desert allow is... the camel to make those decisions exactly, for you yes. for 14 days they lead <laughs> you and there is not much you need to decide on apart from where do i sleep how do i finish the day is my camel okay am i okay and if the camel is okay i'll have to be okay too because he's doing all the work and we were just riding and your mind goes blank in that space because there's just blue sky and brown and that yellow. That does sound and, beautiful, you know, doesn't it? I relate. Yeah. Riding the, in the desert. Yeah. I mean, you can experience that. Yes. Yeah. Nothingness. And the black sky or the blue sky. Yes. And but it also yeah, makes you pull yourself. somehow. Yeah. And um, I felt like I've done that and I've really, it gave me lots of um, energy back or, or, you know, inspiration. But I knew I can't really invite others to do that because mm. there's no place to scale or to, to just mm. get involved. And that's when I thought, how can we create more access to the desert through this way? Because it's also a lot more sustainable. Mm -hmm. We don't, it's easier for, or, or better for the environment, mm -hmm. even for the desert landscapes to be maintained the way they are. So I was searching for places and there weren't any mm. to train, to come back to. So I had conversations. I was driving up and down all the little farm areas 
looking around like is there someone I could have such a conversation with mm -hmm. is there an open door somebody who says hello you know but it was nothing so eventually I almost I basically buried this idea of finding a place to set up a writing institution until I was introduced to the co-founder or founder with me which is Oveda al Falasi. And he said, oh, you want to bring more people to write? So we need a school. And it was really <laughs> him mirroring immediately. How did that happen? That How did you meet him? So I was looking for a camel to compete in one of the first female like races with women, which was hosted by um, Sheikh Hamdan bin Mohammed and the Heritage Center around that, that is sponsored by him. That and what was, year was that? That was 2020, just <laughs> before... COVID, basically. <laughs> <laughs> just before the world. Yes, one more. So you were already competing by then or were you looking for... So so there was a competition. Basically, after we finished this two weeks uh, desert journey, we kept bugging the organizers okay. saying like, okay, now we did the long distance. What about the short and fast distance? Mm -hmm. So we, yeah. we just were a few riders who said we want to push the boundaries of like our ability and okay. explore what we can do. Yeah. Eventually they said, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. There was a race. 1997 in Abu Dhabi with German women riding on camels, which Sheikh Said even attended. Mm -hmm. So that was used as a how to say it? a benchmark. Yeah, or a, yeah. Like, that was done before. Let's repeat and sort of connect mm -hmm, those two mm -hmm. things in like to today's world in a way. So so that took place, and I I didn't want to just go to the race with any camel. I wanted to have my my camel that I prepared together. We we'll figure out what's the best seat, what's how we can reduce weight. And how can we be, you know, from a little bit competitive. Yeah, yeah. and be in sync with yes, the animal. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I was looking for someone who would help me achieve this because, of course, I didn't have my own camel facilities. And that's how, through a female Emirati friend at that time, she introduced me to Avid. And he's been the counterpart needed mm -hmm. from out of the local community and also with, you know, a good network knowing cameras but also knowing the institutions behind the camera racing and the industry to make sure we don't just create something um, that's for us or that's you know Linda's camera riding club no it should have it should be something for everyone for everyone and that's not personal yes it's driven by a person but I'm not the only factor in it it's mm -hmm. it's very um, it's opening it's a platform. up for everyone yes. it's the sum of everyone yes and was the discussion always to have it for women Yes, we did want to focus on women because we felt like they until now didn't really have a space. Mm -hmm. Even where we are located, you wouldn't find a woman on the street. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I stopped seeing this fact, but others still tell me like, oh, there's only men around here. So, and creating something for women and sort of giving that a bit of a brand to begin with invites more women in. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the riding school is open also for, for men. But tell us, Was it appealing to you because you were a horse rider? Like, you'll have to tell us the difference between the two, just yes. for us to understand, because I'm not a horse rider. Yeah. And I just want to know if you need that as a prerequisite. Yeah. What do you need to kind of get into it? It's not required to be a horse rider at all or have a sense of riding to start with. Comparing the two is very difficult because their they're, they're way of acting and they're, they're very different in sort of, characterisms we have many riders who have zero experience with horses and they almost feel intimidated by the fast movement of a horse and they feel more comfortable with a camel mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm just thinking the ones outside my house are very they look very chill yeah exactly <laughs> very chill <laughs> yeah so yeah it's not a prerequisite it might help you grow faster in you know because you already have sort of a set of muscles that supports mm -hmm. 
riding, which is primarily core and back strength. So that helps, but it's not a prerequisite. But there are some things that you have to take into consideration before someone can become a jockey? If there's anyone who enters the school and says, I'm here to become a jockey, we're like, great, fantastic. We always ask, what's your goal? Because that determines also how you take the classes Mm -hmm. and what would be required. So the first few classes is about familiarization with the animal and how he moves, how they react. And the new rider will not be on their own. The camera is actually attached to our guide and they'll just learn the sitting, right? And also the trot, because in trot on a horse, you usually have stirrups and you sort of lift yourself out of the saddle Mm -hmm. for every bounce. Versus on a camera, it's a seated trot. (laughs) So that's where the core strength comes in. And people have to build that, that muscle group to sit um, safely and in balance and also to not hurt themselves or the animal. And once we see that they trot comfortably, then we let them off the lead because that also is, should the camel walk away or run away because he got frightened, they'll have to have two hands free to pull up the camel rather than holding onto the seat. So these are the first steps. And then we, we set milestones. You have to be able to trot at 20 kilometers an hour to be able to go to the faster race track. So there are two different sets of training environments. Mm-hmm. And once you hit the 20K mark and you felt good about it, then we'll take you to the fast one. And that's then a 4,000 meter trot between 20, 25K oh, wow. uh, speed. And then we start building the counter from a 400, 600, 800, 1,000 meters. So we build up the distance for mm-hmm. the riders. And yeah, why is the trot important? Is because the camel could break into trot earlier than you'd want to. And that's a very fast trot. And that's <laughs> where we want to be prepared for. So you founded the Arabian Desert Camel Riding Center last year with Obeyed. Talk me through the past year, because you're speaking now, you've got systems, qualifications, yes, certifications yes. set up. From that first conversation yeah. now to being licensed to train yes. other people, talk us through that kind of progression and yeah. eventually we'll be getting into the championship and the, sure. the racing. Yeah, so looking back is exciting and I think we feel proud as a team, as an institution, myself, Arved, and all the ladies involved that we managed to reach where we are today and we can repeat the championship. Yeah, and it has allowed you to also kind of quit your full-time job. Yes, honestly, <laughs> that's also something... But um, starting back in 2021, in January, we got the first step for us was get a, basically an NOC from the Dubai Camel Racing Club, which mm-hmm. is the governing authority, anything related to camels and camel racing. So we went and sat down with them and said, this is what we want to do. We want to build a facility that we can train people. They said, great signature on the paper. <laughs> took that to the economics department. And then we said, okay, which category will that be? And we're like, we don't have a camel riding facility <laughs> category for, for trade license. So like, okay, please go and create one. So that was the next step to actually get a category opened up mm-hmm. for that. So that was then, that was done. And it was really having right time, right people, right? Because mm-hmm. somebody could have said, yeah. no, 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 that's not what we prefer or we don't really want to explore that. Mm-hmm. But no, we were given this opportunity and that people were in that way encouraging or at least supporting to allow. So then we had the all licenses from a business standpoint. But we also wanted to make sure that it has its place in the sports spectrum. Mm-hmm. So then I said, okay, sports council, that's the next place to go and validate as a yeah sports training facility and we put ourselves on the map there and we had good conversations 
but looking at the overall landscapes of sports in the UAE, the Sports Council looks after everything apart from canvas, horses and cycling. So they approved in within their scope, but they said everything else has to be with Dubai Camel Racing Club. I was like, that's great because they're basically also next door. They're in Marmoum as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we kept on training. We didn't really know, right? Like we even thought maybe once Ramadan comes in 2021, in end of April, maybe that's it. You know, nobody will come because right. now it's Ramadan and it's going to be hot and people are fasting. And after that, it's the summer. And I brought all my friends. They had fun. And then nobody else would com- continue. But the opposite happened. We just kept on receiving more and more riders. And we realized we have to continue building programs and schedules and anything that you'd find in any other sports club. Mm-hmm. And that's how we moved through the year. And then we found, we, we put a little post on our Instagram saying, looking for female camel jockeys. And I just posted it, you know, went to bed. <laughs> yeah. The next morning, it just, it went Exploded. on Emirates Women. And like, <laughs> I don't know how, but um, some of the news media picked it up right. and they posted it. And that's when we received an influx of interest from women who said, Oh my God, that's something I I didn't know I wanted to do this, yeah. but now that I read yeah. it, I'm in. This episode is supported by Deep Dive Dubai. We know that our listeners love awesome adventures. And take it from us, it doesn't get more awe-inspiring than the world's deepest pool. Measuring a record-breaking 60 meters, Deep Dive Dubai gives both scuba and freedivers the ability to discover an underwater world complete with the latest in dive technology and an abandoned sunken city. For those new to diving, like me, it's the ideal place to get started. And for those experienced to expert divers out there, it's the perfect place to hone your skills with exceptional facilities, expert staff, and state-of-the-art technology. Since it opened in 2021, it has mesmerized visitors and continues to deliver extraordinary experiences seven days a week. For more information and to book your experience, visit deepdivedubai.com. So um, we had a few ladies from New Zealand group of friends horse riders they're like okay we'll, we'll try this now some individual women here and there and they all joined and they said yeah yeah we're gonna do this and I didn't even know honestly but them being so enthusiastic helped me to like okay raise the bar as yeah. we go and we set up our trainings and we continue to ride and we put riders log together so we can register how often they come and we put basically a portfolio saying we are good riders yeah. and with that pack of papers we went back again to the Dubai Camel Racing Club and said look we built that much of skill please register us register us yes. we need licenses and they said okay great here's our testing that's the testing day yeah we were all extremely nervous and like nothing can go wrong we have one shot we need to <laughs> make sure that they see we can do this yeah and they came, it was very serious. What was involved in the testing? Yeah, so they wanted to see competency, you yeah. know, to be able to work with the cameras and to not be intimidated, to stop them mm-hmm. when you needed them to stop, but also to sit through the speed. Mm-hmm. And it was Said Al Rizi from the Cam Racing Club. He's very kind. He spoke only Arabic, so I understand some, but others don't. So I was like, oh, I don't know if it's going to be okay. You know, very serious <laughs> yeah. face yeah. and like... But, um, and how many of you were there to kind of get this license? Yeah, so the first testing day we were six. Okay. Um, and yeah, we just want, we want to look so professional. Yeah. Because really, we, with everything we did, we said we can't mess it up. This is yeah. our chance. If we look stupid or unprofessional, they'll be like, okay, you know, we knew it's not going to work. So we really wanted to make These sure yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone's yeah. with us. And then 
everything went well. They had to, you know, proper board with, with sheets of papers, taking notes. We all had to have numbers on the canvas mm. and refer, you know, so that we know who's who. And and then they said, okay, come tomorrow, bring your passport picture and your um, Emirates ID and we'll issue the license. Yeah. And we were just literally <laughs> like Related. that. We were like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we were extremely proud. And also with Obed, he said, I told you it's going to work, you know. So, and so it was very was... short before the first day, like the for the first race. Yeah. It was literally not, not even two weeks okay. before. So you're like, it has to be now or never, because we told everyone yeah. we were going to have a race, you know. So it was, and that's the sort of the, yeah, how the whole year looked like. It's, it was everything coming so close yeah. to the next milestone. And then you unlock that one, you're like, great. And then now the next, you know, so we kept on building. So that was a license to be a rider. Then you had this opportunity to shape something for training jockeys. Yes. So, and you are the first licensed woman to train jockeys. Yeah. So tell us, how did you help shape that with the racing yes. club? Just what I described, the whole testing um, process and licensing. That was something the Camry Racing Club wanted to do for a long time, but they actually didn't have sort of a branch to perform what we were doing, which is the training. Mm-hmm. And um, because they saw what we're doing in terms of preparation, adhering to you know safety and avoiding accidents because after all it's a huge risk to mm-hmm. sit up on a camel that's exactly. 180 190 meters high and goes 40 kilometers plus an hour and there's not much to hold on to mm. so we, everyone's riding with helmets and with life uh, body protectors so they saw that if we put a system in place that they said we will support this and you are now licensed by us by the dubai camel racing club to train other people and get them ready to be a jockey so abed and myself we were issued the first two trainer licenses and um yeah it's it's a big milestone and it's something um that we again we didn't knew it was possible until we received from others that kind of inspiration from mm-hmm. the camera racing club as well but it, it means more than just having a license from myself as a school like mm-hmm. i can call myself a trainer anytime but someone else giving you a license saying you can train people or someone else giving you a jockey license, you can race mm-hmm. in this race. Yeah. It means more and anyone else could go and ask for a testing day as well. And we would welcome those women as well racing with us. Mm-hmm. So we, we said, okay, we are a school, we are a club and a team. But the race itself has its own independent brand, rules and regulations. And anyone can come and join mm-hmm. it's really about raising the stand well setting the standard yes you know yeah, for the future yeah. yeah and yeah just not to make it again something that is about a person but we can leave a legacy now we can someone else can continue can open maybe even a second a third a fourth center to train and then we'll have other people coming in from different emirates different countries mm-hmm. in the gcc so what's the process to go from say one of us walk in <laughs> we want to become a rider and yeah. then eventually a racer what's the process yeah so it's it's about uh, joining and then it's recommended really to come a few times consecutively mm. because the closer you ride between the days the, the more you progress so you can just you mm-hmm. know, pick it up faster so and and that's then about from walk to trot Mm. to speed these are kind of the things you can either book straight on our website so Mm -hmm. we we put together a booking system Mm. that allows anyone to just register themselves and you put down your level of experience so you can kind of pre-categorize a bit based on your weight we match you with a camel and then 
he'll just come to the once the training time is specified. Uh, and then it's the, there's a regular class and then there's a trot class, which is a bit more for intermediate. Yeah. And then on Mondays and Wednesdays is the race team training in the night. And if you need to race, you have to have a license, right? Yes. That's correct. Yes. And are there a certain number of classes that someone needs to take before they actually apply for a license and yeah. get tested? Or what's that process like? So I cannot really put down a, a fixed number mm. because we had, for example, Joanna from Poland. She's a horse jockey. So she went from zero to 100 in a very, very short quick, period yeah. of time. So for her, it was, of course, a much lower number of classes required. But in general, after 10, you'll be comfortable, but not yet ready to race. And okay. then we'll, it, it'll take another, yeah, to build a distance. Now our new joiners this year, they're 20 classes in and they'll get hopefully licensed in a week. So amazing. Yeah. So walk us through the racing scene here. So is it... A series of events you mentioned you're a team but are you racing against each other because yeah. you're really the only team <laughs> yes, right <laughs> yeah it's an obvious question yeah. and you rightly said yes we are kind of the only team mm. so we do on the line we know everyone who when mm. we've been training with the, the mm. same group the reason being that there are not many licenses mm-hmm. issued exactly um and yeah so on a re- the series this year will be five events and we set it up, we looked at what other championships look like in other sports, where you have an individual competing repeatedly against mm-hmm. the same group of individuals. Mm. So Formula One was yeah. kind of our... <laughs> I was um, wondering that, is it like, <laughs> yeah. I was saying, is it a champion? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we looked at the Formula One and uh, we said, you know, we kind of like this system. Yeah. It's collecting points. So you maybe you have a good race, maybe you have a bad race, mm. but what counts is then your end The count. overall results, yeah. yeah. Um, because also our chemists, you know, we don't have the manufacturing part of that yeah. you have in Formula <laughs> exactly. One. Um, They're living, breathing. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but still, we felt like it helps continuity. It helps yes. to build enthusiasm over the season. Yeah. So we put six, we initially wanted to have seven races for seven Emirates and even thought about we run one in each of the Emirates, mm. but logistically, we're so small. Yeah. It's like next we year. Couldn't. Yes. <laughs> shui shui, as they exactly. say. Yeah. <laughs> that was our goal, you know, we thought that sounds beautiful. But then we ended up with six races mm. and they were growing from month to month. The first one, we were like, wow, that's amazing. So many people came. The next one, oh my God, they came all again and they brought more, you know, so it kept on growing until we had more than 400 people watching the race and come out. And it it has the character of a, you know, festive race, you know, yeah. not just like, as I said earlier, I loved going to the races for running. Yeah. Because such a good vibe. We thought that's what we want to recreate. Similar. Yeah. yeah. So everyone collects points based on the position they finish. And we count that up until the end of the season. And then we have a championship winner and we have individual winners for the individual races. And in comparison to the races that are held for men, how is that different? Do the men have the same number of championships or the name, same number of races within a championship? And how often are they held? Yeah. So the racing that exists for men is mainly for Emirati men. Like that's a prerequisite to be Emirati. Okay. And there are two age groups that race against each other. Okay. But they're not so connected within the season. Right. There's the festival in Dubai, again, held by Sheikh Hamdan bin Mohammed. And then there are races in Abu Dhabi and Al Watba, also sponsored by the Sheikh. And then you have individual races, mainly in smaller race tracks like Al Dayt in Sharjah, mm-hmm. where someone says, guys, in two weeks we'll have a race. 
I'll put down some money, everybody come. Everyone gets so, their camels and they're yes, like so, on the start line. So that's right? a fun thing too, but <laughs> it's just... It's not structured. It's not that structured mm. and it's not that accessible in terms of communication and so on. And so, so that's where we felt like we like what you guys do. We, we love, there's a huge turn up, you know, in Abu Dhabi, we attended one to watch and they were 12 races with 25 riders each. So there is a big scene yeah, around wow. it and there's lots of money in it too. Mm. Uh, so it's worth, you know, going and, and put yourself on the line. The distance is also longer. But we felt like, okay, we take it as an inspiration. But what's important for us is a bit more transparency, communication. Yeah, structure and, and structure. predictability. Yes, yes. Right. So how many women are racing this year? So we have for the first race uh, six and then the second one, hopefully eight. So that's just personal schedules. Mm. And yeah. Who won the championship last year? Last year, Joanna Pantajuk from Poland, so our host jockey. I mean, she has, <laughs> she's been our most pro, and she's been. That's where in the team everyone has a bit of a role, right? Mm. She's been helping us a lot, using her horse racing experience, mm. and also the setup of flat horse racing to take again inspiration. How can we get better and more structured and institutionalized um, in camera racing? I came second, so Yay! I brought my trophy. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, Yeah, and it's a little weird, right? Like, I would love to actually not race because, um, you know, I don't want to be involved in everything from yeah. running to, <laughs> to, to, to actually racing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just a, a bit of to make the line a little fuller. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we hope that as we grow now in this season, we have a great sponsor this year. And who is your sponsor? Jeep, with the car brand. Amazing. Amazing. We love sponsor. to give a shout out to yes. yeah. people's to brands yeah. and organizations sponsoring so, women's sports. That's yeah. amazing. So Jeep is our platinum sponsor. It's great to have them on board. Way to go, Jeep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so so that, you know, helps again to, to raise the profile. Yeah. The, um, validate basically what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing that you now have 62% you know, your audience is women, right? Like 62% yeah. of your audience is women. So are these women who are jockeys, attending your races, mm. riding with you maybe during the week? Yeah. So the, the audience of the race is uh, very diverse, and but yeah, pre primarily women. In riding, it's even more women. Um, but we're obviously open to men um, mm -hmm. as well. And from a demographic, it's young adults, but also Uh, teens we have a group we, we love to put a junior championship yeah. together but there's an age restriction on yeah. the jockey yeah. license what's um, the what's the age restriction 18 18 um, so they so they could train and then yes race they even they ran they, they ran with us in a shorter distance yeah. but we just we can't put yeah. an official race together for them and you've seen a great reception from women in dubai in particular You've not had that much success in some of the other places that you've tried to kind yes. of build this, right? Yeah. So Dubai, as I mentioned, from licensing to setting it up from the camera racing club to all the other institutions, they were super engaged. We had, we've been approached from Mohammed Al-Badia from Qatar. So he's has cameras there. He's He loves what we do. He's been visiting the UAE, bringing his own race cameras a lot. He actually gave us one camera for, for one of the races. Um <laughs> And uh, he said, I want to bring this to Qatar. So can you put together sort of a deck or something that I can share with the race club there? And we tried last year, but it just didn't really grow into anything. And we're trying again this year, but there's a bit more hesitation mm. because I suppose it's 
people are sometimes it's unsure new. what to think of yeah, it. Yeah, it's new. First of all, I think Qatar is probably football mad right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of all all eyes on, on FIFA. Yeah. But I think the more exposure you get and the more, you know, people are involved, yeah. then yeah. people say, oh, you know, it's a little less abstract for exactly, people. Yeah. Mm. And, and that's a big factor of what we do is sort of normalize yes. cameras. Because mm. it is part of the heritage at the end of the day, right? Yes, the animal is such an important element of how that country grew, how the region yeah. grew and mm -hmm. was even sustaining life for humans. Mm. And and then it's still a very big sport when it comes to racing or also the you know beauty contests or all of these things yeah. around cameras. <laughs> But then someone else riding a camel or a woman riding a camel was so weird that people... Even our riders in our school, they'll post on their Instagram or on their socials or they tell their friends. Some do receive not backlash, but sort of apprehension. Like, mm. why are you going there? Even within families, we have Emirati women mm. riding with us and they had to have tough conversations yeah. with their family and say, no, but this really makes me happy. It's a fantastic community. The women involved, the Aved is a super, it's a great guy who, and there's nothing wrong with it. We yes. have to tell people that it's there's nothing wrong with it's just normal it's yes. just normalizing it like you yes. said and yeah. and that's the boundaries not just from an institution even from where where's the place in society for cameras and activities with cameras mm. to remove certain stereotypes of what the sort of the tourist industry created mm -hmm, yeah. you know like getting two people on a camel and then ride around in a circle and mm. that's it so when you google camera riding first like we wanted to remove all of these uh, yeah, yeah. these associations yeah. and put put it as a sport as a hobby and as a yeah something normalized yeah and as you see the sport grow because you're saying it, it is growing and now you are attracting more women right so the spotlight then becomes what are the regulations in the sport how are the animals being treated Correct. So you being the first licensed riding center have an opportunity to kind of create or shape or mold some of those aspects. Yeah. Talk us through that yes. mission of yours as yeah. a center. It's a good point that you brought up and a very important one, not just to satisfy the public opinion, but just it's at our core of the school and it was of every participant in the race. And we sat down repeatedly in our briefings, in our plannings and say, What is important to us is the welfare of the camels as well. So that's why weight restrictions, the use of a whip. We've established that we will not use whips for unnecessarily reasons. So, for example, we do carry one, but we use it more as a communication tool. So mm -hmm. it's pacemaking through visual aid rather than hitting. And we've done studies where we looked at our race, the same camel with different ways of encouragement. And we realized they're not faster Or they don't excel if you put the whip you know into use so the first few races people would drive next to us in their cars and be like yalla you know hit a beat and we're like no we don't want to do this so we had to really stand and say despite stand, all, stand your ground yes yeah. and despite all that adrenaline you know you sit on a camera you're like oh my god maybe i can make it and you know you do get excited and you do think of what can i do to get further ahead But we said we don't want to look at a, a footage of the video afterwards and say, like, what happened here? Like, who, yeah. who are these monsters. monsters on that? Yes. So we wanted to, to really establish these rules. And the team, again, I love the, the how we all agree to this. And not just because we have to, but because we want to. Mm -hmm. And we've made ourselves 
part of something to reshape it as well. And some cameras, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we don't have top performing cameras for all, you know, they run, but maybe to be like, they're very intelligent too. If they know they won't I'm win, tired. they'll I don't be like, run no. anymore. <laughs> yeah. So if the gap to the next camera is very big, it's they get demotivated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they might break, you know, into a trot. And we're like, okay. So <laughs> they've no got their little like, oh, well, yes. yeah. yeah. Yalla, you go ahead. Yeah. I'm gonna just wait here, yeah. catch my breath. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, you know what? It's okay. Like we, of course, we look and we try and, and shortlist cameras who who can finish. Yeah, finish strong. have that endurance in them yeah and then on top of that since we we are you know adult riders we have to take most of our cameras from the school are actually retired race cameras so mm. they've done they had a professional racing career and then we're either reaching the age of eight where they then cannot compete or win against the younger um, cameras mm-hmm. coming up <laughs> um, like the masters category of camels yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the all-stars <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we have for example one his name is Hamlul. he's only four but he used to Aww. race <laughs> then he got injured we took him in as an action as an injured camel Aww. we just left him recover and now we slowly pick up his training again and he's he loves running like it's really nice to see their their fun in it as well yeah yeah but yeah so so we have different types of cameras running and and especially the older ones they would run on eight kilometers so they build to over a longer distance but our race is only six foot long which is about 1200 so when they see the line already they're like but wait i just got started you know so so we have different dynamics very competitive cameras yeah (laughs) and and they know like even in the training we, we pair them and we see which one paces another one. Yeah. And then if the pacer breaks, the other one breaks too, even if he could still continue. <laughs> but we want to learn all of those things about the animals that mm. we can put them into the perfect position for them to perform. But if, yeah, if it's not their day, it's not their day. Who's also, the fastest camel at the... At the school, Mashur. Yeah, so which means famous. <laughs> he is famous. Aptly yes. named. Are they all male camels or do female camels race too? They race female camels in the non-riding riders races. Okay. But in our school, we have mainly, we've only male camels. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love the little dynamics between them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's really, they are real athletes yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, like I mentioned, this Mashur, he knows what's his job and he's so professional. And it, that's what, that's what we famous. want people to know. You know? And that's, that's the kind of, yes, and that's, we want people to understand the individual characteristics, what they need. And, and that's really um, building these kind of personal connections mm. yeah. um, helps, you know, reconsidering what's in the camera, really. You know? I love it. Yeah. In Germany, like, what do your friends at home think of all of this? It was hard to communicate to say, like, yeah, we have a camera riding school now and we do races. They're like, okay. <laughs> and then you say, here's the video and here's the CNN article. And they're like, CNN? You know, so <laughs> You've um, made it. Yeah. <laughs> so the media helped me communicate this yeah, yeah. because, and media helps again, you know, validate certain ideas. Absolutely. And, I mean, I guess they knew that animals was, was a passion of mine because of the horses previously. And then just really get established here. They're like, okay, it's unusual. We can't really put our head around it. But now, two years later, they're like, okay, this is her thing. And they're really proud. And it's nice, you know, when some of the news came out in the international papers or also in the German TV, 
that colleagues of my brother be like, oh, Linda, your sister, look what she's doing. So mm-hmm. we're not here to make it my story, but it's nice that I was able to lead that uh, initiative. And given that we have institutions now, we can progress. And even if I was not there, I'm sure someone else would continue filling this legacy. Yeah. To us, the metal set is all about tenacity and determination. And we see that in you just mm-hmm. from growing so quickly and establishing this as a sport, even though mm-hmm. you came in and you were like, I'm not athletic. I think this is very athletic to us. Mm-hmm. And just the entire aspect of like animal welfare, which is also very important to us. Mm. So our final question to you is, do you think that grit is innate or can it be learned? I like this question. (laughs) Um, I think it's definitely that's intrinsic. And that's what sometimes surpasses all the obstacles, right? There was a moment where we thought maybe we don't have enough riders. And then I lost a bit that grit. But then the team around me said, no, we will continue and we are here and we're on the line and, and that inspired others again to join. And that grit, yeah, maybe you're not always the first one, but you're the one that's there. And others, they won't come unless they feel like I have a chance. But someone with grit shows up just to test yeah. and to push and to see what else can be done and how far can we go, not only to be first, but to really push be, be more than maybe yesterday or last yeah. training or you know last yeah. race so grit gets you through the pain gets you through the maybe disappointment and makes you come again someone else can inspire you to become and have grit so yeah maybe there's a, a bit of learning into it but uh, when you see people with grit it's inspiring and that pushes everyone further before we wrap up the show Linda, would you like to tell us a little bit about the upcoming season? When does it start? How many races are there? Where can people find you? Can people go watch? Great. Yes, I'd love to. So the 29th of October is our first race. It will be at 4 p.m. is the event start and then the race is at 5. And where is this? Where will this this be held? Yeah, so this is in Al-Marmoum at the Dubai Camel Racing Track which is just down Alain Road. Maybe Rugby Sevens is a good reference, just mm-hmm. a little further. Then you find the exit that has camel statues. So that's where <laughs> you'll have to get off the highway. And you then it's just you, there. Yeah, yeah you can't um, miss it. Yeah, and we, you know, we always put up our flags and it's it's a nice event. There's always some food, coffee, and yeah, lots of people to, to have conversations. And then you can watch the race. We'll have a race in October 29th, then in November at around the same time. So always the third week of the month we're skipping december and then we're back in january february and march amazing so and there's more information on the website yes and then we have our website which is adcrc.me that's also our instagram handle and where we try and you know push all our content and information and it's not about racing only like i said it's a riding school the racing but also desert trekking so next we'll be doing some overnight trips self-supported Amazing. which is maybe something for the ultra athlete what if my bike bags exactly <laughs> put it up on the camera yeah. yeah so yeah we love to experiment and take a lot of feedback also from people what they want to do yeah. in sudan so amazing we'll check that out absolutely yeah, yeah. love to see you at the race yeah i'm definitely gonna try making it to one at least yeah, that's wonderful. for sure yeah but thank you so much for yeah, coming thank on the you. show what a wonderful chat a great conversation yeah, thank thanks. you thank you so much for listening today We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we ask that you please share it with family, teammates, friends, and even frenemies, or share via social media. Please also leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. 
five stars only. And visit us on themetalset.com for more stories and resources. Thanks again for listening. Your support means the world to us. This is The Metal Set.